Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. I'm not even going to react anymore. 416 870 star 590 Blair and Barker, the last hour of Blair and Barker before our winter break. Do not worry, though. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll have podcasts coming out of our yin-yang. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. And every time one's downloaded, you'll know right away. First one gets downloaded on Sunday. How come I'm always like the last or one dropped, to know these things? Dropped on Why Sunday. Why am I always the last one to know? Because I am the person who guides the ship. Oh, that's you're the driver. I'm the driver. You're the bottom hand of every swing. I am the bottom hand. <laughs> well, that did not sound right. <laughs> Take a call. Yeah. Yannick. I'm sorry you had to hear that. Yannick in London joining Blair and Barker. What are your wants? What are your wishes? What are your desires for the Blue Jays? If you're nice to me, I'll grant it to you. Hi, Mr. Blair and Barker. It's uh, great to be able to be on your show today. Um, I thank you so much for taking my call. I just was wondering if maybe with Cleveland probably wanting so much, maybe we should look at another bottom-feeding team like Arizona and try and get maybe Marte, who can play center and second, and then you don't have to worry about Springer missing so much time. And also, I think think they just got to drop the Nate Pearson experiment and just put him in the bullpen, make him a two-three inning guy, make him a hybrid, and just let him rip in the bullpen. I don't think he can start. He's never shown that he could start, especially not at the majors. I just don't think it's worth it. You and I are on the same uh, page. A great call. I also um, was just thinking we're not likely to get Matt's or not likely to get Ray or uh, Simeon back, so maybe Seager's a better option, and you try and get you know, somebody else to play second base, like you guys were saying. Um, at least Seager brings you some veteran experience and – you know, somebody who could maybe potentially help Martinez when he's ready to come up and uh, be a full-time player. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. Listen, yeah, go ahead. no, I was going to say, I appreciate the call. And, and um, you, you mentioned kettle, kettle Marte. And I know Arden Swelling has written about him as well. He's a center fielder, second baseman. He's a second baseman, mm-hmm. $8 million in 2022, $10 million in 2023 with a 1 million buyout. 23, 24 he's 12 million dollars 1.5 million so basically you've got a guy under contract through 28 his years 28 to 30 uh i'm with you i I think he's an intriguing trade candidate there's another guy a free agent eduardo escobar you look at him he's a switch hitter he doesn't have platoon splits and he's an above average second baseman he's passable at third base but Mm -hmm. he's an above average second baseman so i think yannick you've hit on it if if marcus Semyon doesn't come back there are ways that the Blue Jays can address the second and third base situation without. I mean, Kyle Seager would intrigue me. That's money. That's not. That's not giving up the house for him. And I would be. Yeah. I would be okay with with that. This is just me talking. If it's me, and 
keep in mind that I'm not on the owner of the team, but if it's me and I have to choose between using money to address that situation or getting rid of one of my prospects, I'm using money. Now, now I also realized that I need to address somehow second and third base. Again, to me, it goes uh-huh. hand in hand. If I can address third base and I can have Espinal and Biggio as, as a platoon at second base, maybe that's something I'd consider. But at the end of the day, I got to figure out a way when I, if, if Marcus Samian doesn't resign, again, that's a 7.1 war player, 7.2 war player. I got to figure out a way to make my team better without that guy. Part of that's going to come from George Springer staying healthy, but there also has to be at yeah, least one, the- one, significant, one significant acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've listened to this show lately, you know that, uh, well, most of the focus has been on the World Series and the postseason. When we talked about the Blue Jays, an awful lot of the time, the name Gabriel Marino has come up. He is the Jays' top prospect. He is a catcher. He is having a really good year in the Arizona Fall League. And again, as we remind you, the Arizona Fall League is a proving ground. Most teams at some point have their best prospects spend some time in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, Gabriel Marino is a name you're going to hear an awful lot. As Mark Shapiro told us, he heard an awful lot at the trade deadline. As in any time anybody called, they said, yeah, what about Gabriel Marino? I said, no. Joe Sclafani is Assistant Director of Player Development with the Toronto Blue Jays. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Uh, look, we've been following Gabriel on, you know, I've been watching the games, following him on, on social media. People have been sending out highlights. Uh, tell, us about, tell us about where he is right now. When you look at him, what do you see, given everything that happened to him this year with the injury and, of course, coming off the kind of the lost 2019 anyhow because of COVID-19. Hey guys, first off, thanks for having me. Um, you know, Gabby's definitely somebody that we're really excited about and have been on the PD side for, for quite a few years now. Um, background, you know, signed him as a shortstop, but I asked him to, to get behind the dish and throw, throw a couple of outs on the second, immediately like the athleticism. Um, and offensively, he, he's just incredibly gifted. So unfortunately I had that fluke injury this year, you know, he was off to an incredible start. Um, in double A and he, we were excited about the progress he was making with the, the game calling aspects and his routines and continuing to improve with the, the swing decision. So unfortunate about the injury, but you know, he, he's a great kid. So when he got down here, uh, he committed to continuing to work on what he could while he was rehabbing that injury, helping the younger guys that were at the complex, uh, continuing to improve with, with the, the English aspect and working with pitchers and helping them be at their best. And when it was trending to that he was going to be healthy to be able to go to the fall league, we were, we were incredibly excited about that. And so he, he looked healthy, checked out at the FBL, and then we sent him out there, and it's, it's absolutely no surprise what he's, what he's been, been doing so far there. Joe, you, you almost answered my question there, but, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When, when you send prospects, let's say the prospects, I, I, I went to the Arizona Fall League when I was with the Brewers, and I was a prospect at the time. I'm, I'm assuming that's why they sent me there. But I want to ask you about numbers. When you see numbers from a kid like this doing it in the Arizona Fall League, what does that tell you about that player in your organization? Yeah, I mean, so I was actually fortunate enough to play in the Fall League uh, as well, and I don't think, I wasn't as much of a prospect, but you know, the, the numbers out there, the competition there speaks for itself. And I think the, the numbers of how many guys that have played in the fall league that end up playing the big leagues um, is, is indicative there. But the, what he's able to do, you know, from the double-A season, um, we felt like this was an appropriate step up in challenge of level. 
you know, you're seeing velocity every single day. Scouting reports are there, but they're not as they're probably not as, as in depth as they would be during the season. So you're seeing a lot of guys for the first time. You're only seeing them once. You know, a lot of guys aren't going through the lineup multiple times. And it just speaks to you know Gabby's ability. He's got elite uh, bat to ball uh, ability, and with his maturity in the box, he's starting to refine his approach a little bit. I mean, he could find barrels outside outside the box anytime he really wants to. But as he's refining that approach and figuring out the pitches that he can really drive and do damage with, it's been impressive to see. Now we know that uh, when he came back, that he was taking some ground balls at third base, and I, I believe uh, Gil Kim, in a conversation with Shai Davidi, mentioned that look, uh, essentially, it sounds very much this guy's this guy's bat is pushing the envelope a bit here, and it may be that he can help us this year, and it may be that in order to help us this year, he you know, maybe we need him to play some games at third base. Uh, I, it, could could you maybe walk us through the thought process? Because everybody in the organization, I think, looks at this guy as the quote-unquote catcher of the future. But can you maybe walk us through the thought process behind having him, if not learn another position, at, at, less, at least get kind of comfortable in it? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, first off, I, I guess I would say, like, we fully believe in Gabby as, as a catcher. The athleticism, you know, he's still improving with the receiving, but that's excellent. Uh, he's got a he's got a tremendous arm, you know, blocking like he's great back there, and we fully believe believe in him on that front. But he was he was signed as a as a shortstop. He's a super athletic kid, moves really well. Uh, his actions are are really good. You know, he, he likes to to get out there and, and get some work in. So, you know, historically, if you look at what we've done, we like to to provide some versatility for our guys, and it's not a negative thing. You know, if we have two really good catchers in the big leagues, if if you want to get the bat in the lineup that he's able to, to handle that. So he, he loves playing the infield. Um, you know, he's, he's been getting some reps out in, in the fall league. We, we're going to try to get him some game reps as well and see what that looks like. But overall, when, when you believe in the kid's ability to move around and if he can play some third base, you know, that's just a plus for us. Do you think his performance at the, in the fall league could put him on a little faster track to the big leagues? It definitely doesn't hurt. Um, you know, our, our group has been excited about him for a long time. And um, the fall league was just another uh, stop for him to prove what he can do. And, and he's answering that call and we'll see, you know, we'll have an off season development plan for him. He may play a little bit of winter ball after this and hopefully he puts himself in a position to be firmly in that conversation as we move towards 2022. In conversation with Toronto Blue Jays, assistant director of player development, uh, Joe Sclafani, Joe, in, in a, in a general sense, we know that 2021, I'm sorry, 2020 was a lost season because of, of COVID-19 for a lot of minor league players. There was the development site, but there wasn't a regular minor league season. I'm wondering if now that we're in to the end of the first week of November, how, and I know this is a really broad question, but do you have a better idea about how, player development was affected by that last year. And I'm thinking of, did you notice more of a certain type of injury because of that, because of the increased workload? Uh, did, did, were there, were there some players who were able to handle that better than other players? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. It's a challenging one to, to answer. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessarily one subset of players that handled it better or, you know, we saw injuries across the entire entirety of the minor leagues and big leagues this year. So the shutdown definitely had some type of effect. We did our best to support our guys um, throughout that time, especially the ones that had lesser resources or didn't have facilities to throw at. But I think it's just really hard to, to replicate. Um, 
the grind of a, an everyday, you know, playing every day throughout 140 games throughout a, throughout a season. So there was some things that were just going to happen naturally. We did our best to, you know, work with our monitoring and our workload management. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that there was a specific set that handled it better than, than others. One of the other names that really seemed to get on the radar screen this year was Arelvis Martinez. Uh, how does the organization view him? What are the plans for him this this particular off season? Yeah, Arelvis is another guy that we're we're extremely excited about. Um, you know, he had the the big name coming out of the that signing class. Um, you know, the ability the ball just jumps off his bat in a different kind of way, even as a sixteen, seventeen year old. What we're most excited about is just the maturity aspects and his commitment to, to figuring out his routines. Um, he's made huge strides there on the, on the teammate front. You know, he knows what he needs to work on every single day. He's committed. He's actually asking our coaches, you know, this is the work I need today. Can you can you help me with this? So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, positive things going on already, and but there's so much more that, that he can do to continue to grow and get better. But you know, the first full season is a challenge for anyone, especially a teenager. And the way he made adjustments over time, he got off to a little bit of a rough start, but you know he exploded on the scene after that, and it was it was very cool to see. Even after he went to to Vancouver, which was or Hillsborough, um, which was another jump in in competition, he struggled a little bit at the beginning, but you could see that he was starting to figure things out right towards the end. Joe, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. It's Joe Sclafani. He's assistant director of player development with the Toronto Blue Jays. So there you go. Gabriel Marino, Jays want to see him play some games in third base in the Arizona Fall League. He is a catcher. Love, 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 love the fact, Kevin Barker, that he may play winter ball. Love the yeah, fact. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about winter ball, but that that playing third on a championship-level team at the big league level, when you got a – the guys you picture the guys that you have in your rotation who are ground ball guys. Who, when you have a predominantly bunch of right-handed power hitting, get it out front, pull the baseball. Well, yeah, but I just, I, I, you're, I, you're I just looking don't at know it wrong. That. Do I? Am I? You're looking at it right. No one is going to say that he's going to be playing forty games at third base for the Toronto Blue Jays next year. Well, to keep his bat in the line, if you may have to. No, th- see, I, I, I think it's it's not a matter of keeping his bat in the lineup. It's a matter of getting his bat into the lineup. How can you get that bat into the lineup? Uh, Danny Jansen, we've talked about this. Danny Jansen is the Jays' number one catcher right now. Uh, Gabriel Marino, he's not going to be your everyday. He's not going to be your everyday third baseman. And quite frankly, I mean, I, we've never seen the dude play in the field. No. It's, it's entirely possible that he is a very good athletic player. I, I just don't have a problem with it. He's not the third baseman of the future. Uh, and and we're, I don't think we're talking about him being on the team yeah. and opening. What we're talking about is if he comes up in September, if he comes up in September and this team is playing important games, what the hell's the point of bringing him up and having him sit in the bench because he doesn't have a position to play because you don't want to move Danny Jansen out of the, out, out of, out of the spot? It, to me, it just makes sense. Yeah, it does, it does it to me. It, it does it to me. I, I, I want my young kid who is my number one prospect to say, you're the catcher. You're the catcher of the future. Go be unbelievable at that position. And then when it comes time, because there'll be a DH in both leagues, and obviously you're in the American League, doesn't really matter anyway, you'll be DH. If you're that good of a hitter and you're that impactful of an offensive player, we will find a place for you to hit in the middle of our order mm. when you're not catching. Well, That's just me anyway. Yeah, I 
I don't think it, uh, if Gabriel Marino was hitting in the middle of the order this year for the Jays. No, no, no. I'm not talking about. Haven't gone I'm not well. talking about well, this next year, year and calling him up in September and well, saying he's going to play the, third base. The, no, again, I ah. didn't. He's not your everyday third baseman. We're talking about a guy that can maybe play a couple of innings for you. Maybe go out there on a Sunday day game after a night well, game late arguing, in the year. We're I mean, arguing. We, we've never even seen him play third base, so we don't have any idea. We just heard about the way he can catch. He's a, he's athletic. He can move his feet side to side. He, he's a good blocker. He needs to get a little bit more better accuracy throwing behind the plate, but you know as well as anybody, you've watched the World Series. Is that a big deal? It's really not. It's about calling the game. It's about blocking. It's a big deal until you, yeah, it's about getting a bunch of pitchers through games. It's a big deal until you throw the ball in the center. Or it's not a big deal until you throw the ball in the center field. Um, yeah, base running isn't the thing, but you got that doesn't necessarily mean you want a guy with a weak arm behind there. Uh, anyhow, it's yeah. I mean, you're right. We're arguing about a guy we haven't seen. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if we're arguing about it. We're both. He's going to be there. He's going to be the catcher of the future. But again, what if the bat demands? What if the bat demands that he's up here right now? It's called DH. You're already going to be trying to figure. You know, I can just, spots I for can other just guys. remember fans when Kevin Biggio was playing third and chucking balls over Vladdy's head. How do how you everybody know? was yelling and screaming about that. How do you know that. he's not a better defensive I, third baseman I mean, than Kevin? He, he's a young guy coming up with a championship team who, with every out matters to the nth degree. That's all I'm saying. I'm not mm. saying he won't be the greatest third baseman we've ever seen. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Again, it is... The final Blair and Barker of the season. We will be available in podcast format. The first podcast will drop on Sunday. Bark's going to take a couple of weeks off. Probably, I would guess, around November 25th or so, we will uh, have the next podcast. And as I said a little earlier, in the meantime, uh, Smith and Jones will be on the air from 10 to noon Eastern. And uh, once spring training rolls around, we'll be back on from 10 to noon Eastern. As I said, just subscribe to the podcast and you'll find out what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing it. Billy and Markham. What's up, Billy? What do you say, guys? Sad to see you guys leave. I don't know why they don't keep you on throughout the whole winter. In my world, baseball doesn't end because the World Series won, man. I'd love to hear you guys on 10 to 12, right through snowstorms, right through everything, just talking baseball. I mean, I love it, guys. You did a great job. Thank you very much. And and same to you, Kevin. Exact same thing. Thanks, Billy. Yeah, once again, guys, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit different here, and it's, it's probably not going to be popular. But, guys, I think we're putting the cart before the horse. Okay. I mean, I love the season that we had. I love the season that we had this year. But, guys, we're still not there yet. And I'd rather have hemorrhoids than have that third baseman from Cleveland. That guy gets hurt all the time. He, he gets hot. He gets cold. I don't want him. I would never give up Marino for him. And I've told you guys before – I didn't want to give up Austin Martin. I want this team to be a powerhouse through its minor league system, too. We're not there yet, but we're close. Let's stay the course. We've got to try and sign sign Simeon. We've got to try and sign our three free agents. I don't care about Seager or any of these other guys. Let's get the three guys back, and there's no reason why we can't do it. Our third base problem, I've I've got the solution for you. You better get our shortstop off of shortstop. He's not I, happening. I, I, not happening. It's irrelevant. I, 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 it's not happening. He's not. And if he does, he is not playing third base. Well, he is not. I'll tell you this, Jeff. He is not a good shortstop. Not for a championship team. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, he will kill you at the worst time mm. times possible. I want him off there. Put Simeon at short. 
re-sign him for what he wants. He deserves it. Move Bijou over to third, or not Bijou. Move, uh, move him over to uh, the shortstop over to third base, and let's just keep building. We got a great catcher coming up. I got friends that are at the Arizona Fall League. They rave about this guy. I go to the Arizona Fall League every year, except for when COVID's been on, and uh, obviously I'm not doing any traveling. But I'll tell you guys, this team is close. But let's not get stupid. This is we are not Alex Anthopoulos anymore. This is a Mark Shapiro team that builds and builds it for a long, long time. Stay the course, sign our free agent, and we'll be right there next year. That's Billy, it, guys. Have a- thank you, man. I appreciate the call. Mm. Um, Billy said Jose Ramirez gets hurt all the time. 2016, he played 152 games. 17, he played 152 games. 18, he played 157 games. 19, he played 129 games. 2020, he played 58 games. Last year, he played 152 games. I, you're talking about elite, both sides of the plate offensive player who can yeah. come and impact you hitting between two of your best right-handed hitters that you have in your lineup. I I just don't see how that's and, – and the Bo Bichette thing. Look, Bo Bichette, whether people want to hear it or not, it's the face of the franchise, plain and simple. Face of the franchise, for me anyway, is not playing third base. It's just not the way it's going to be. Uh, that that thing of when it, when it's, when it's you saw him chucking balls over and, and Louis Rivera had him on field nine, the internal clock thing, and all of a sudden he wasn't doing it as much. I He's done everything <clears throat> you've asked him to do, and on top of it, offensively, he almost hit 300. He's getting close to, th- to 30 homers. He's hitting somewhere around 100 RBIs. I think I, uh, offensively man, he just profiles. A lot to ask. I think really offensively is. he profiles better as a shortstop, and I, I, I'm with you. Um, the kid got better defensively. Yeah, who's and and who's to say this is who's to say this is his peak defensively? I don't think it is. Everything the, the evidence that we have seen from Bo Bichette is that when he has trouble with something, he puts his head down and he tries to get better at it, and generally does. He picks something to improve on, and so far he's been able to get to get better at it. I I just and and I'll tell you this as well. If I'm signing Marcus Semyon, I'm not looking at Marcus Semyon as being my shortstop four years down the road. He's going to be 36 then, 35. Marcus Semyon's going to be your second baseman. It's at, at the end of that four or five-year contract, he's going to be your second baseman. He's not going to be your shortstop. So, uh, and, and I'm with Park. I mean, the, the thing about Ramirez getting hurt, he's streaky. Well, he's, he's a streaky player. He's also an MVP caliber player. He's a switch hitter. He makes this lineup instantly better. He is literally, literally the perfect player for the Blue Jays. Oh, and by the way, he pays a, he plays a position where your best prospect is like 19 years old or Elvis Martinez yeah. or however. You don't have a maybe Jordan Groshans is a name out there. I Nobody that I've spoken to about Jordan Groshans raves about him. I nope. get a lot of, he's kind of okay. Yeah. Same thing as I got with Austin Martin. You talk to people about Austin Martin with other organizations. You go, yeah, he's eh. okay. Don't know what he is. Yeah. He's not going to be a shortstop. Nope. So, and we talked about power hasn't been there so far. And it's a college guy. He's not a 19-year-old kid. No. So, I, I, as I said, it, it, Jose Ramirez, to me, profiles perfectly for the Blue Jays. I don't think I give up Gabriel Marino for him. I don't. I'm, I will say this. When I see teams taking guys like Marino and playing them at third base in the Arizona Fall League. Part of me thinks, are you showcasing him for another organization? Are you kind of sending out messages 
that this kid is a really good short or this kid is a really good catcher. But you know, if you're a team looking for a young third baseman, yeah. um, well, yeah, look at the Arizona Follies. I, I'm just saying that I every time I see that, I think that that is at least a, 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 see, I, a possibility to some I'm degree. I'm almost on the flip side of that. Uh, if, if I'm, I'm almost of, they don't really have a, a ton of confidence in the position that you are already playing and they're trying to find a position oh, to th- catch up with your bat. That's me. Yeah. I, a little bit. I don't know about that. If he's, if he's that good of a catcher and we, we hear how everybody's talking about Buster Posey. I, I just, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me that, you, that you're sort of force-feeding on somebody to come up and play multiple positions see, when it's so hard you got it wrong. to you, play one position at the big league level and be great at it. Kevin, the, you don't want him to come up and be mediocre. You want Kevin, him to be great at it. The, the kid apparently has no problem with it, so I would not say they're oh, force-feeding What's he going to say? No, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go to the big leagues. I don't want to do what the organization is telling me to. He's not in a position to mm. do that. She's not I'm getting really upset about something that, is, not, that has not, no long a, range, no long range impact in this organization. Having to play at third base, not there is no negative to it. Upsets a bit there's strong. There's no negative to it. He's your top prospect. He's your top prospect as a catcher. Leave him at catcher. Mark and Port Perry, you're on with Blair and Barker. Hey guys, I want to thank you for another great season. Thank you, man. Thank you. Actually, nail it out of the park every year. Thank you. Well, that's because I got. You know, I got the mayor of Back Lake City here, so. Oh, God, I was just saying to your producer, I go, you know, since you guys dropped the bogus league or whatever it was called, soccer, it's been all downhill since. So I'm putting the blame well, on you. Did you just call it the bogus <laughs> league? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's how much I know. Kevin, I'm with you. I don't know diddly squat about soccer, but when the... you were calling them out, I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's that's awesome. That's what I would have called it. You called the Bundesliga the bogus <laughs> league. Bogus league. Come on. They lie on the gaff. I know you're don't, a big soccer guy, but come there. on. Don't go. Don't, don't, don't. The bogus league. I know. League. You protect those little flower boys. <laughs> you, you probably don't even, you probably think that I made up the names of those teams, right? Like oh, VFL I looked Bokum. it up after I heard the first time he did it just to see how close Kevin was and called him. And then I started reading them. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done any better. <laughs> I'm an old guy too, Kevin. That's I awesome. got years on you, buddy. I felt bad for you, but I got, oh my God, I used I to pull over to the side of the road and I had tears coming down my eyes. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I promise you, I don't, I don't think we'll be doing any Bundesliga picks. Uh, I wanted to oh, do the Norwegian I wanted to I wanted to do the uh, Norwegian league picks, but you know when I can't pronounce the names, it, it, it loses its it loses. Uh, its, when you its can't interest. pronounce them, they were in trouble. And I'm the educated one. I got the degree from the <laughs> yeah. University of Manitoba. Yeah, the old six and a half year Bachelor of Arts program. Yes, sir. What do you God got for us, Mark? The Jets and Hall and the boys are around. <laughs> um, you know, I hear everybody call in about oh we're so close and that we got to go out and sign this one and sign the guy that just hit 48 homers or what. Whatever. Isn't there a stat to show? So if all those people would have called in and say, okay, sign Jose, sign Edwin, where would we have been? Mm-hmm. So well, uh, it's a new league. It's uh, I'm sorry it's coming from an old guy, but you got to go with the young guys because, we, you know, if we kept Josh, and God bless them all, but where would we have been if we did what the fans said or what uh, – you know, side yeah. of these so-called superstars that are over the. I love the way the team's going, and I think if they would have played home all year, 
uh, I think they would have cut eight games up, and it, they would have been in the playoffs. That's Mark. Th- thanks for the call, man, yeah. and we really appreciate the, the the kind words. That thanks for listening. That is, and that is a great point. I have no doubt if this team is in Toronto all year, they're. I'll say this: they would have won the division. Yeah, I don't know about that. The, they the, would have won the, the division. The Rays pretty good. The Rays pitching's tough during the regular season. They're, they're just really tough to, to match up against, and the way they maneuver it around and all those kind of things. I'm with you. They'd have been a little closer. They might have won a couple of more games, which would have gotten them in the playoffs. They would have been better than the Yankees. They would have been better than the Red Sox. I do believe of that. If they would have been at the Rogers Center, I, I, I think when you're at this part of where the the organization's at, the core that you have now for me, it's it's finalizing the veteran little pieces that you have to have around them. Look at, look at, look at the Braves, what they did. They went out and got some veteran guys in the outfielder who've been there and done it before, who weren't going to hurt their team. They were only going to help it. That for me is where this organization's at. It's got enough core talent to get them there. Now it's time for you to get sprinkle in, not, not smother, Sprinkle in some veteran guys who've been there and done it before, who know how to get out of slumps, who know how to go through the marathon of a regular season, and when it gets September, to slow the heartbeat and help you get over the hump. And that, for me, is where you're trying to get as as an organization when you're talking about the Blue Jays. I, uh, in some ways, I look at the Blue Jays and I think, you know, we've talked about all their, the things we need this team to have to get better. And what I, what, it, what really excites me about this team is you don't have to, I understand Mark and, and Ross always talk about wanting to be creative. Let's use a lineup as an example here. We agree. They need to be more balanced, more varied. You've got a hole at third base. You may have a hole at second base. You can address all of those things with two moves. So it's not like you got to make, Four moves to address two things. No, you can address two things with two moves. Pitching, pitching's always, always, always going to be a talking point. But you've got a pitching coach who has shown that he can take guys and rebuild them. I know Pete talked about you never like to say you're creating a new pitcher. Well, let's face it. Basically, Pete Walker created a new Robbie Ray. Or helped, helped, helped create a new Robbie Ray. You got to have a buy-in. You got to have a buy-in from, from, from the pitcher. Yeah. So I look at where this team is. I look at where other teams are in this division. I look at what else we're seeing in other divisions. I'm looking at Oakland. They're going to be rebuilding. LA can't get out of their own way. Texas is a couple of years away. We've talked about Cleveland, Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, that, all of those teams could be better next year. That wouldn't shock you if all of those teams are better next year. But I think it's a little easier this year for the Jays to get where they need to get than at any other point since 2015. They don't have a bad, think about this, they don't have a bad contract on the books. Even Hyunjin Ryu, that's not a bad contract. No, Everybody's not. got, you know what? Everybody in baseball's got a well, Hyunjin Ryu. You knew Jin this Ryu. was how it was going to look Everybody, at the end of it. You exactly. knew this. They do not, for the first time, I've covered the team, they don't have a bad contract, really. No, no. They don't have a contract. You look at it and go, God, how the hell are you going to get out of this? They don't have that. Yeah. So there's a lot. Like, there, there's, there is a lot of room for organic improvement here. And 
there is there are obvious paths to improve what you need to improve with this team without having to get too creative. I just think it's really I think it's a, in a, in a, in a the Jays are perfectly positioned right now. They are perfectly positioned right now to do what they have they're to a, do. They're a 150 game season played from George Springer of making a legit run. Correct. At that. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. It is Blair and Barker. Half an hour left. We'll take your calls. Smells like moonshine in here. You asked for it. You must have had moonshine at some point. Once. Yeah, you might as well walk. You might as well just drive up to the gas station, take that nozzle out, put your credit card in there, and stick that in your mouth and run that down your throat for about 40 cents. That's basically what it tastes like. There's no way to make it good. Back in my hockey covering days, there was a bar in, I think it was, well, it was in Raleigh. Called the underground or something like that. But it was a, uh, well, it was, yeah, they had like Junior Johnson's old 50 and all that stuff. It was, they had some, they had some, some, shall we say, I I guess, you know, we don't even call it moonshine. You call it craft alcohol now, right? It's not moonshine. It's craft alcohol. I had buddies that would marinate it, put like fruit in it and leave it sitting for however long they were going to let it sit. And it did absolutely nothing. It used to be a thing. It tastes the same. We used to get a thing when I was in Manitoba in North Dakota called Everclear. I don't know if you can still find it, but we used to make Everclear sunrises and they just, your eyes would cloud over. They, you would go blind. That would it. make you die. My, my college roommate used to drink that and Everclear? Like it's like a hundred over proof. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing he's ever done. Good stuff. And he would come back. Oh, and do it there's again. nothing like reminiscing about, about the it. days where we'd destroy our inner organs with alcohol. Luckily, we're much older and more mature now. Absolutely. It is the last half hour. I, I keep saying it's the last half, making it sound like we're dying and we're going to go away. That, that's not the case. Uh, it's the last half hour before what we're calling our winter break, of Blair and Barker. Uh, we will still be available in podcast format. And they may even, I understand there's, they're kind of sexing up the logo a little bit for the podcast there may be some little there's some stuff going on that's a that's what i hear they may actually have a you heard about it and we'll be doing like probably some youtube stuff and if there's breaking news we'll come we'll come on but basically you're gonna we'll be available by podcast uh via podcast format we'll be jumping on air every now and then during the off season be around for the winter meetings for a week from 10 to 12 and then once spring training rolls around, it'll be around from 10 to 12. And once the games start, we'll be doing, once the Blue Jays games start, we'll be doing a post-game show, Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. They told you that, right? And then uh, in the summer, we'll be 5 to 7 as the drive Just show. text me. Let me know when I need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do. Everybody send me your uh, your your text numbers, and I'll text. I'll personally text you out. To tell you when we're coming on. There you go. Not not happening. 
416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Let's go back to the phone lines as we ask you for your wants, needs, desires for the Blue Jays going into the offseason. Brian in Toronto. What's up, Brian? Good morning, Mr. Blair and Mr. Barker. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Um, really great having an ex-player on the show. Uh, the stories, the friendship, the fun, it's it's full of listening. I can tell you that. Thank you. Oh, you're talking about Barker. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last time I talked to you, Jeff, it was like four years ago. You asked which Canadian team is going to win the Stanley Cup. It's been zero so far. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. Yeah, we'll be doing that for a while, I think. You know what? That's, that, that's what you call an evergreen talk show topic. Because we'll be yeah. asking that question for the next 20 years, probably. <laughs> so um, the Blue Jays, you know, with with sports, timing is everything. And I think with their timing, it's it's Barker's right. Now you just find the little outside pieces to go with your core who can be here for maybe two years, um, three years max, maybe. But they help you now in the now because I think this team – the next two years is in the now. Um, I do think from them just missing the way they did, being so young, they're going to learn and understand what every at-bat, every pitch, and every game really means. And they'll be a lot better next year. Um, we don't need to do too much. Obviously, Marcus Simeon is a big deal. Um, nay or say, we'll see what happens but we don't need to do too much. And I'm in favor of bringing kids up a little earlier than the norm. I know, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you want them to be down there and get fully polished and all that stuff. But I think kids are different now. I think if you have a kid that's showing he's got it, you got to get him up here and get him part of the team. Um, Simple example is Alec Manoa. He's an easy example. Um, We got lucky because we got injured. Mm-hmm. You know, without the injuries, that kid might have never seen the majors this year. Yeah, um, no, no. I was going to say, I, I don't, I honestly don't know about that because we got the sense in spring training that he was really. You heard, no, no, you, no. you heard. It was that it was an outing at, against the, the Yankees, Yankees at Steinbrenner Field. Well, I everybody think. all noticed that his fastball and, plays, and we started here and then that boy, this guy is, yeah, that that he's he could very well break break camp with the yep. team. I think he would have been up here. I, I know what you're saying, but I think he would have been up here, right. uh, or, you know, anyway. one way or another. Um, so, so the way I see it now or hear it now is we have three catchers and we really have to look at Calvin Biggio in the mirror and ask ourselves, can he flatten out his swing and play third base? Yeah. I, I think when we answer that question, we'll know what our next maneuvering. Obviously, three catchers won't work. we got to pick two out of the three and really decide with Calvin what we're doing. Yeah, listen, I appreciate the call, Brian. Thanks so much. I think he was talking about, he was talking about Kevin Kevin. Biggio. Kevin Biggio can't play third base. Absolutely not, not on the championship team. The the straightening out the swing, the bent upper half, that's a big deal. I'm just not sure a, a, a position player offensively can go home He's obviously been doing this for a very long time with that swing, with the trying to create loft with his barrel, get it in the his hitting zone, and he's very one-sided, likes the ball down. At big league level, whenever a guy has success, puts the ball in play, is a little he, – he takes pitches that a lot of guys don't take, that kind of thing. Then you start picking and poking and trying to figure out ways to get him out. It's an easy out now. 
It's a, it's mm-hmm. an elevated heater. He can get himself out that way. You don't have to do a whole lot. You can throw in fastballs in the zone. I'm just not sure he's fixing that. I think the best case scenario for Kevin Biggio, we've talked about this, is the Jays have a have added some thump at third base, and he and Santiago Espinal maybe yeah. spend time at second base. And I wouldn't even call it a straight platoon situation it, because I would rather have the ball hit to Santiago be Espinal, legit with frankly, yourself. Than Ask yourself a legitimate question. Is Kevin Biggio a big leaguer? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Question. Is he a big leaguer? A big leaguer who can be in the big leagues all year? Yeah, if the answer I'm, to that's yes, then you can keep him on your team. If the answer is, eh, I'm not real sure. I'd love then, it. To, then I'd, you may have to think about it. Him, him just being a a a complimentary piece. Yeah, I'd love it to be yes, but I don't think it is. I don't. I'm with you. I don't think he has a guaranteed spot in this team. Absolutely not. I I I just I'm don't. I, I don't think. I'd well, rather have Santiago Espinal. Yes. How about that? Yeah. I I I think that if if Kevin Biggio is on this team next year. I don't think that's a good thing. I'll, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Ed in Toronto, what's up, Ed? Thanks for taking my call. Um, look, in terms of the Jays' priorities, I think we all want Jose Ramirez, but Toronto fans need to understand this: the package will start with Gurriel, Kirk, Bijou, and Groshan. It's no, be it's not. Dear, with all due respect, it's, you're, it's not going to take four players to get to get him. It's just well, not. Okay. Well, I'm going off like. The value he brings, switch hitter, control, like, like, and the thing is, we we overrate our prospects too much. Like, I think Bijou's not a guy, right? And you guys just came off it, and like, yeah, I really don't think he has that much value. But in terms of other, um, um, in terms of our other priorities, we have to figure out what we're doing with Nate Pearson. Um, he's not a prospect anymore. He's twenty five, turning twenty six, you know. And we have to make that decision. Like, is he a starter? Is he a bullpen arm? Are we going to trade him? And also in terms of third base options, I think we have to take a hard look at Matt Chapman from Oakland. Yep. Like they're they're getting rid of everyone. And in terms of a glove, like him and Arenado have been dominant. Yes. Like um, at that position, and like okay, sure we don't get Jose Ramirez. Like we have to be in on that talk right there. So, and also I want to say, guys, like that Gab uh, Gabe Kapler conversation you guys had yesterday yeah. was amazing. And like just because like as a brother, like. It was really refreshing to hear that at least he acknowledges it, you know? So yeah, thank I, you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the kind. Yeah, that yeah, was we got a lot of good reaction to that. And, and even nicer is Gabe said, hey, you guys want to get me on again? Yeah, I, I, just, on, I so. just like it. Gabe's trying. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe's noticed that that's an issue, and he's trying because he has a voice. Good for, good for Gabe. That's the way I look at it. He's using his platform to push an issue that more people should be pushing. Absolutely. And he's not, he's not one thing about Gabe Kapler and he's done this, you know, people talked about him as a manager. He's done some freaky stuff and all that. He leads with his chin. He's out there. Yeah. He's out there. So, and, and we do, we, and, we do and, appreciate and, the and comments. With the Matt Chapman thing, that, that look defensive wise, even if, if Bo is going through what Bo would go through defensively, <sighs> having Chapman there, <sighs> making up the room can play in the hole there a little bit. We're, we're, because Bo has a little trouble going to, mm-hmm. you know, you know the, the the backhand a little bit more. He could play a little bit more up the middle and take away from that. So I don't want to say that'd be perfect because we know the perfect option. But, man, I would be a nice option. It would be a great option. And, again, I'll just throw this out there. I'll just throw this out there. You have a Blue Jays team with Matt Chapman at third base, Bo at short, Biggio, Santiago Espinal at second, Vladdy at first, 
maybe a guy like Conforto in the outfield, along with George Springer and Teoscar Hernandez or Conforto Guriel. That allows you to make up some of the ground you lose if you don't have if you don't have Marcus Semyon. It, it really does. And and defensively, Matt Chapman is just is he's superb. He's elite. He's superb. One more call, Greg in Toronto. What's up, Greg? Hey guys, uh, great show. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I uh, religiously listen to it. Uh, quick, uh, quick comment before my point is: uh, How are you possibly going to make your podcast sexy, you two? We got ways. We got ways. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I've heard of that. So you'd have to you'd, you'd throw be that su- question yeah. over to Jeff. You'd be surprised what I'm capable of. You'd be okay. surprised what I'm capable of doing when I really want to do it. Uh, you know what? I sure I wouldn't be. Anyway, uh, no, my, my point was that uh, optically anyway, um, follow baseball a lot. And uh, Simeon really solidified those two kids. uh Bichette and Vladimir um, on that side of the infield. And uh, I obviously have to address third, but when you had good defense at third, at least with Espinal, mm-hmm. man, there wasn't uh, probably a better infield in the league. So, and that that's how you win, right? I mean, I was the guy that texted Atlanta who went in six because of that uh, kind of situation. So, I'm just thinking, I know it's a little scary, uh, given his age and the price tag and everything else, but, man, I'm I'm leery of giving up that trio on the right side. Yeah, listen, I appreciate the call, and thank you for the kind words. Look, we both said, I was surprised at how emotional Bo got post at, yeah. in his end-of-the-year availability when he was talking about Semyon. I'm with you. I've, I've, we're not around the team as much as we used to be. The two things I've heard is, one, Marcus Semyon's really important to the team. And two, Teoscar Hernandez, his voice is a big voice in that clubhouse. It, this is just, we're not in the clubhouse. We don't know. No. But, uh, it, yeah, look, I would not. It, Kevin, if the Jays want him to, if they can sign Semyon for five years, I, I'm okay with uh, it. Yeah, I, I, he, what he brings for me, he, he's simply, he's helped simplify routines. Took me yes. 16 years to figure out how to do that, and I still wasn't at the end of my career real good at it. Where you could, it's a, it's, it's a marathon, and you have to be able to not waste time. And Marcus gave Bo a little bit of that. How you not do that? How do you not waste your time? And gave also Vladdy that, and he's a big deal. I'm, I'm with you. But I just don't see him signing him. I, I hate to say it, but I just don't see it. Well, he's represented by Scott Boris. Scott Boris also represents Chris Bryant. Maybe they try to play one off against the other. Ooh, could be interesting. Mr. Barker, that was fun. Thank you very much for doing this. That is it for Blair and Barker. We are now available, or we will be available on podcast format starting Sunday. We'll be back during the winter meetings, 10 to 12. We'll be on the air with breaking news. We'll We'll figure out a way to get it to you. And we will be back from 10 to 12 once spring training starts. So don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Thanks for listening. Thanks for contributing to the show. Thanks for putting up with me and Barker.